Greetings, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Cranked and Ranked, the podcast where me and Mr. Eddie Sparks rank band, artist, whatever, discographies. We rank things, rock and metal and other music-related things, and we're back. We're back at it again with the white vans. And uh... <laughs> Damn, damn you! <laughs> Stussy man. Um, I don't know why I liked that. I like I'm already on a tangent right when we start. We haven't even gotten through the intro. I love that. I don't know why that meme. I don't know if it was a meme. It was a series of videos. I don't know why it was so funny to me. That every yeah. single every single version of it with the damn Daniel. It was uh, always very funny. Anyway, uh, yes, I'm not wearing white Vans. I'm not wearing any shoes right now, actually, because I'm in my fucking home. Uh, but yes, Cranked and Ranked is what you are listening to in podcast world or watching in the YouTube world. Um, and we're back to rank another band discography, and this one's going to be really fun. So um, we'll get all our introductions out of the way. Uh, I'm Steven, a.k.a. Old Head. Although I keep getting these really dumb comments from people on my videos, and they all say, Bruh, you don't look very old. <laughs> That's the look- that you, that you literally took time out of your day to comment, and that's what it is. It's like you don't look very old. Your name says old head. Shouldn't your head look old? Anyway. <laughs> I mean, I want to. I just want to say thanks. Like, oh yeah, I don't look like I'm 43, so th- thank you very much. But then the other part of me, I'm like, you don't even. You're missing the point of the name of my channel. <laughs> anyway, everyone's obsessed with age. Isn't that weird? Um, And then with me, as always, is a young pup who goes by the name of Eddie Sparks. Hello, sir. Hello, all you boys and girls. Like to take you to the inside world. I've been wanting to say that all day. Hey, it's uh, so it's old head and young Ed is. uh, Yes. Is what we got going on here. That really should have been the name of the podcast. (laughs) Old head and young Ed, because then we can do whatever we want. Can you imagine, you know, like Ed, Ed, Nettie? You could have done Old Head, Nettie. That's head pretty Nettie. good. That's going to ring and, to and, it. And write, write it in the same font that their their uh, cartoon yeah. title is in. Oh, and we have to have, sweet. like, the, the weird, like, skin seizure animation that all of the characters have. Like, they're always slightly wiggling. So, like, they all look like they're on, like, caffeine. Maybe we both, we'll both, we'll have, we, we, and we'll have the entire audience drop acid before we start the show. (laughs) (laughs) Just be like, that's probably as good as we're going to get with the kind of, uh, the kind of budget we have. Um, But yeah, so uh, thank you for joining us for today. Today is actually the beginning of a two-parter of a a really fun discography. We're going to be ranking the discography of the band Primus. Hell yeah. And... We're actually only doing the the full length studio albums, which is uh, ten albums, because I insisted that we include "Suck on This" because that was technically their first album. They, which is yeah. odd, because like how many bands do you know that their first album was live? Jane's Addiction is the only one, other one I can think of. Yeah. Uh, oh, MC the MC Five. MC Five. Their first album yeah. was was live, but um, so yeah, ten albums total, and I figured that like. 
this is a band where I, I just feel like there's a lot to talk about. So I'm like, we should do them the justice of having a two-parter um, yeah. with, you know, the five albums a piece from each of us in each episode. Um, and um, this was this was a lot of fun for me. Um, I uh, go, um, Doing as we normally do, where we go back and talk about where the band we're talking about came into our lives, um, Primus is one where it's kind of foggy for me because... I don't know what happened first because I'm pretty sure I saw the video for John the Fisherman on Headbangers yeah. Ball. But one of two things happened. I, I don't remember the timeline. It was either seeing the Tommy the Cat video on Headbangers Ball or seeing Primus in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey yeah. on the soundtrack for Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. I'm not sure which one happened first. But that was around the time that they came onto my radar in a big way. And I very quickly became a really big Primus fan. And I was a big Primus fan through up until uh, Tales from the Punch Bowl, which I liked. But something happened in my life where all of a sudden my life and Primus, our ties were severed. Mm. And... So I never really dove into anything they did after Tales from the Punch Bowl. And, and just recently, I, like I brought this up to you. I'm like, I think the time has come. Because I, I, you know, I saw some other Primus music video or something, and I went, this is great. It, it's, it's time. It's time for me mm-hmm. to fully embrace the entire Primus discography. And um, yeah, and it's, and it's been a blast. But, but yeah, so my, so my initial I- entrance with them was around 92 91 92 um obviously that wasn't yours because you weren't even born but when was your uh, <laughs> your first connection with primus mine was uh the very first time i think i can remember even knowing about primus was from the south park theme so oh yeah what yeah like I, you know, the very first Primus thing I heard is like, heading on down to South Park, going to see if I can't unwind. Yeah. Friendly faces everywhere. <laughs> I'm skipping. I'm skipping to the. I'm skipping to the Kenny part. <laughs> I always um, used to love that bit. Yeah. The. Um, I've always heard that uh, Kenny is saying some really uh, rude shit at that yeah. part that you're you're not supposed to know because it's apparently it's pretty yeah. bad. Because Kenny was always like. <laughs> I haven't watched South Park in many, many years. Is Kenny still there? Does he still die every episode? Uh, it, like, they killed him off for, like, one season for, like, a big gag and then brought him back inexplicably. But, um, oh, okay. But I, but I yeah. used to... When that first show first started, Tangent City, already starting here, folks, South Park. Yeah. It's not really a tangent because it has to do with Primus. Primus does the theme song to South Park. But South Park came out, and me and my friends, we were fucking obsessed there's a picture of me that you can see where I'm playing guitar in a band and I have a, a, a sticker of Stan on my, yeah. on my uh, guitar. So the first like three, four, maybe five seasons of South Park, like I was like, this is like the best fucking cartoon I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Um, and then once again, inexplicably, because there's no, there, I have never seen a bad South Park episode, but just my mm. life just went a different way. And I know the show <laughs> continues to be very relevant and very good, but, mm. um, but that was it. So yeah, South Park for you. And South Park started before you were born too, right? Only just by Only just. by like it by like one year. I think it was, yeah. was 90, 97, I think. Yeah, ninety seven. I was I was born mid nineteen ninety eight. 
Yeah. Yeah. But I, I did also see um, Primus in Bill and Ted as well. But that was that was before I was even really into music. So. Uh, yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that, that Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey soundtrack is fucking awesome. It really is. A lot of great mm-hmm. shit. But then it's got, you know, obviously Tommy the Cat um, by the band Primus, who we're talking about today. Um, mm-hmm. Eventually, we'll get to talking about the actual albums, folks. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how that's how it goes in our show i've i've, I've had enough comments a, from people huh the, I, I was just saying that's why we're doing a two-parter because there's that's just right. so much to to dig into and the and the vibe has to be very loose with this yeah and and uh and um yeah I've, I've had plenty of comments where people say they enjoy our tangents just as much as the ranking so now i don't feel too bad about it yeah. i've never had anyone complain saying god just stay on topic <laughs> i'm sure there's been plenty of primus rankings on youtube um i'm not really sure that's the one thing that's interesting to me is that i don't know a damn thing about the primus fan base i'm assuming that there's they're rabid like there's a there's probably a huge fan base just like there is for like you know rush or any band like that um i feel like they probably have one of those but i just don't know it's funny actually I, I I always look into it before we do these so that I can really understand you know what the fans as what the diehard fans like the most about these bands and the yeah. what big thing that struck me is that nobody's list is the same this is a band that defies having you know you could say there's a quote unquote golden age but sure. for the most part it's it's all over the place like personal preference wise and i yeah. think that's just a testament to how out there they are and how unafraid they are to experiment because when it comes to weird bands they're one of the big ones yeah they were they yeah. are a big deal when around the time they were coming out like that was those were the bands that were like that that i guess nowadays you'd refer to them as like alternative metal or or something like that um, yeah. Primus isn't very me- it isn't really metal. I don't like using that term with Primus, but you know what I mean, like heavy alter- heavy alternative music. Yeah. But like bands like Faith No More and King's X and stuff that was just not quite the norm, but Primus was very not the norm from the yeah. get-go. And that was very appealing to me at the time. Um and so uh so yeah. So yeah, let's find let's find out. I'm I'm curious to see if our lists are going to be unique or or similar who knows um so let's just get started with with uh number 10 uh mr eddie sparks your number 10 primus album okay so my number 10 primus album is primus and the chocolate factory with the fungi ensemble now this is you know quite clearly a concept album based on willy wonka and the chocolate factory the uh the, the gene wilder it's a it's a, re, a reimagining of the soundtrack of the of that. yeah which is that let's be fucking fair there didn't ever need to be a remake of 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 uh of willy wonka and the chocolate Factory. now i realize that charlie and the chocolate factory the tim burton one it's it, yeah. I, I guess it's supposed to somehow be closer to the book maybe i don't know um but i feel i feel like tim burton kind of missed the point <laughs> <laughs> it's like something about it just feels way too hot topic and not, um, I guess that's what yeah. Tim Burton is now. Tim Burton is hot topic. <laughs> Do you have hot topic uh, over there in, uh, in England? 
Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know if it's specifically Hot Topic, but there are a lot of shops that resemble Hot Topic very yeah, yeah. clearly. They, yeah. they, they, they deal with a whole lot of piercings and, uh, yeah. Tim, and Tim Burton. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, and on uh, anime at this point, too. That's a, yes. that's a big deal. But yeah. Uh, yeah, but on to this one, the Primus and the Chocolate Factory with the fungi ensemble, or I like the way that you said fungi. Because uh, I, I, I just felt like it had a bit more of a fun. It bounce sounds to it. like funky, and I like that. Fungi, so fungi, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, it, all in all, this was a fun listen, but like, I would have to be specifically in the mood for some Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory action, and it, yeah. in that situation, I'd be like, kind of want to watch the movie, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, like, great movie. Yeah, and. Let's let's be real here as well. For as for as well known as Tim Burton is for like dark stuff, I think the original is just as deranged and unsettling. Like you got that part on the boat. Did you know that? Like I know. Yeah. <laughs> we're already on a tangent here, but um, did you know the kids on the boat weren't informed that Willy Wonka was going to go that fucking insane when he did that monologue <laughs> on the boat? So the kids' reactions are like semi-real, where they're like, uh. Is he okay? And he's like, "Just the deadly reaper mowing! The seeds of hell are sowing! And it's yeah. like, <laughs> what? That's, that, that, that's a good time to, to point out that Gene Wilder fucking ruled in yeah. everything he was in. And uh, <laughs> Willy Wonka is just one of those examples. But uh, but yeah, that's one thing I love about that movie. I'll get into to that a little bit when I talk about this album. Um, which will be right after you because it's also my number 10. <laughs> so <laughs> so we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll kind of bounce off of you when you're done. Cool. I, I just want to tell a quick story as well re- regarding this. One time, like, I, I was sat with my friend um, in the car driving along and, like, we were listening to a song that had, like, a gap in it because it was a bonus track. It mm-hmm. had a bonus track in it, so there was, like, a minute of silence and I just started going... No one knows where we are going. And he was like, you stop that right now. <laughs> that's, just, that's just as bad as we used to do that thing back in the day. Have you ever seen the Twilight Zone movie from the 80s? Uh, um, a long time ago. There's a, there's a part in the beginning of the movie where it's two dudes are driving down the road. I think one of them's Dan Aykroyd. And it's a it's a dark like country road with no lights in the middle of the night, and they turn off like the lights and the headlights, and he yeah. keep, and the one dude keeps saying, "You want to see something really scary?" And that used to be a thing <laughs> that like we would do, where we would turn off the lights and be like, "You want to see something really scary?" <laughs> like, no, let's not uh, do that. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we got uh, the, we got the tracks here. So we got Hello One Kites. Uh, the intro is fucking epic. Like that was mm-hmm. really cool. Um, Candyman, they managed to put their demented footprint on it already, and I was like mega invested. Cheer up, Charlie. Uh, do you remember those Charlie the Unicorn cartoons from like early YouTube where he had like two annoying friends who would like wake him up while he was sleeping? He's like, you, you, this better be pretty freaking important. Is the meadow on fire or something like that? And his friends had the, they both had like the same voice where they were like, Charlie, Charlie, wake up. <laughs> and there was a part in the song where he said, Charlie, like kind of like that. And it just, I could not get the unicorns out of my mind. Maybe it was a reference. I, I mean, yeah, or something. Uh, the, like there's a part 
in the cartoon of all that's on my mind where he says, um, like, here's an example. Charlie! They're on a rickety bridge and they're just swaying. Charlie! Charlie! What do you want? We're on a bridge, Charlie! <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> they just wind him up the whole story. But yeah. Um, golden Ticket. <laughs> they managed they managed to make Golden Ticket super fucking scary. Um and the original the original movie's scary at points, but goddamn, they managed to amp it up hard. Yeah. Um yeah. Lermanov is five seconds long. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> pure, pure, um pure ima- uh pure imagination. Um this is an interpretation of the classic that makes me feel like I'm about to get sucked into a tube and end up just like Augustus. Um Umpa Augustus. I've been looking forward to the Umpa Lumpa tracks this whole time. Uh, Semi wondrous boat ride, crazy, love it. Umpa Violet, another Umpa. I want it now. Sung by Larry Ler yeah. Lalonde. Yeah, is that um, the, I think the only song he ever sang, which is pretty yeah. interesting. That he's been he's been you know right there with Les Claypool for for since the beginning. Well, since you know yeah. the first album, and he's never done main vocals until now in 2014 it's funny i i bet like do you think that was a case where they were like what's your favorite song on this you, you always had like a, a a childhood urge to sing one of these songs uh yeah i'll sing that one i don't know whether or not that was what happened but i don't know well because because if i if i if i if i'm thinking about it isn't that the only song that's sung from a different person uh, in, I, in, I, in this album i think all the rest of them are sung like like the Oompas obviously are sung by the Oompa Loompas, but everything else, mm. you know, one the the only song on here sung by one of the kids is I Want It Now. So maybe that's why they were like, somebody else do the vocals. Yeah. Larry, what you doing? Break up the narrative a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that I makes it, sense. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Um, Oompa Veruca, you got another Oompa again. <laughs> um, Wonkmobile, Spooky Interlude, Oompa TV, uh, is it the, it's the last Oompa. Uh, Farewell Wonkites is the outro track. Like it, again, like I say, all in all, it was a fun experience, but like it's the least likely I am to revisit because I would have to be specifically coinciding like with a Primus and Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory mood, which are two similar v- vibes. Yeah, but like I would be more inclined to think, oh, Jerry was a race car driver than pure imagination so that's why um yeah so yeah it sits at the bottom but it ain't bad so yeah there's there's no bad primus album so it's interesting Mm -hmm. having to put these at the bottom but for this is also my number 10 but i'll i'll start with the positives um yeah i i i'm always one of those people that when when uh, the classic lineup of a band gets back together. It makes me very happy. And this is the one yes. where Tim Herb Alexander is back on drums. And so that's, that's awesome. Although mm. he's not really on like a drum kit. Like he's playing weird fucked up toms and other things. Like it's yeah. like most of the drums. I'm like, <laughs> what is he hitting? I don't know what that is. Um, which is interesting. Um, so I, like overall, like it's it for what it is, it's very well done, and it sounds mm. really good, and it's interesting in its own way. But the my problem with it is that it all I I had never listened to it until we did this ranking. I'd never yeah. heard this, 
and I went into it thinking, this is a an almost too stereotypically Primus uh, concept. You know, it's yeah. like it's like, oh, of course they did <laughs> they did this. <laughs> and so I was expecting a lot out of it, and I didn't really get a lot out of it. That's the problem: is that mm. it doesn't ever really like kick in. It's very the the mood's very creepy and it doesn't really like let up from that and the reason why like I I I I didn't really like it that much was the fact that the thing that makes Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory the movie so good is the fact that it's deceptively weird like yes when I was a little kid I loved that movie and I never realized that it was so creepy and then you get older and you're just like, whoa, man, this is like way, I, I did not remember yeah. it being like this. And so I think that's why it's cool because there is that give and take of this, the sweet and the sour or whatever. Like there's some real sort of like if you're a kid, these are like kid songs. And then there's other parts where it gets real dark. And that's <laughs> why it's such a great movie. The Primus album kind of does away with all of the lightheartedness of it and it's just yeah. creep town <laughs> for the entire yeah. album. <laughs> um so I was kind of disappointed because I figured that that Primus doing this, the result should have been a lot better than it was. Mm-hmm. And um so unfortunately even though it's it's really well done for what it is, it, I, I'm pretty sure that out of all these Primus albums, this is the one that I uh, I might not ever go back to listen to it again. This is kind of a one listen kind of album, and I I appreciated it. It's like you know, I don't know, go go into a modern art museum and and seeing some things, and you may never see those paintings again. But you're like, hey, I went, and that was kind of weird, yeah. and then I left, and um, so um, yeah, so it's it's uh to me it's it, the promise of what it was supposed to be wasn't as good as what or was. The, what you actually get isn't as good as what I was hoping for. So that's why it's here at my number 10. Primus and the Chocolate Factory with the Fungi Ensemble from 2014. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> so we're on to number nine. Number nine. Cool. Uh, so I, for my number nine, I've got the Desaturating Seven. Their most recent full length. So this is a concept album as well, and it's based on the children's book, uh, The Rainbow Goblins, uh, mm-hmm. which it's a very Primus-type premise. Um, yep, absolutely. And it, it's, it's about these like the evil little, little goblins that feed on color. So they go to places where there is color, and they suck it all up, and then there's no color anymore. Um, so... Right out of the gate, this is the most... If you could call any Primus album prog rock, I mean, that oh, could yeah. apply to all of them, but this sure. this, this one, it sounds like a, a prog album. Like, this has very yes, King Crimson kind of moments on yeah. it. And... Um, it doesn't so much feel like a Primus album as it does uh, an almost kind of spinal tappy thing. Like, they, so 
once upon a time there were seven goblins. Oh, yeah. how they yeah. danced, the little yeah. children of Stonehenge. <laughs> <laughs> it's got like that kind of vibe to it in, in the beginning, like with the. Uh... Oh, by the way, something clever. Uh, there are seven songs on this album. Ah. Oh. And there are seven goblins. And they are all they're all named the something. All of yes. the all of the titles all the way down. Which is again super fucking prog. So yeah. yeah. Like it it's really cool to hear them do something like this. Yeah. Um I'm surprised it, they hadn't done it earlier. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So um yeah, the valley, you've got a cool spooky introduction and narration at the start kind of gives you the the backstory musically this track builds up like a bunch of little mischievous goblins um then you get (laughs) (laughs) then you get the seven uh you know we're straight up prog territory from here on out then you get the the track which is a big sprawling track the scheme really like this one uh the dream way psychedelic they really go psychedelic with this track super out there stuff um, the storm is another big proggy one, and then you get the ends. I say the ends because it, it quick has a question mark. It's a kind of cool vibey outro. Um, honestly, like this one for me because it doesn't because it goes quite straight ahead prog. It doesn't mm-hmm. really do um, the core primer sound that much. Yeah, there's a little bit. There's a little bit of it, but if you're coming into this album hoping for a whole bunch of Les Claypool going, yeah. then you don't you don't get that on this album. You're not gonna get like a bird, like kind of that sort of cr- <laughs> no. crazy stuff going on. Um, there is a little bit of it, but they go a bit more atmospheric than yeah. Uh, like they do atmospheric stuff on all their albums, but this one they go real hard on it. So um you said hard on. Hard on. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Is that it? That's all you got for desaturating seven? Yeah. That that one is not my number nine. Uh my number nine is another one that um I thought that I had never heard this album before, but it turns out that I had, and I realized why I had never listened to it again. Uh my number nine is the Brown album from uh, yep. 1997. Um, it's the first one that has uh, Brian Mantia or Mantia, however you yeah. pronounce his name. He plays, I think, on two albums um, and Brown Album being one of them, obviously. Um, so, I, obviously, the number one thing that I think probably a lot of people talk about is the production on this album is pretty bad. Yeah. Um, it's very distorted. And... Mm-hmm. I tried to go read up on it a little bit and I got mixed information as to whether or not it was intentional or not. So I don't know if they intended it to sound awful. Go ahead. I I can back you up here because I actually, while I was looking at rankings and stuff, there was actually uh, an interview with Les Claypool Uh uh, where they did rank your records. So they had Les Claypool rank the Primus albums in his personal taste and stuff like that. Oh, wow. I should have yeah, watched that before we did this. <laughs> well, it, 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 it's an article online, but it's, oh, it's, okay, okay. it's a really fun read because you get a really good insight into all of the 
chapters of Primus's existence, but uh-huh. um, that he said that he had he actually had really fond memories of making the Brown album because things with um, Herb Alex Herb Tim Alexander had yeah. you know things had turned a little sour things needed to change up and when they first got brian or as they call him brain uh brain, mantia yeah. um th- they said it was a refreshing thing to have like they he had a smaller drum kit as far as he's I know, a very interesting they, drummer too yeah yeah like they went for more of a straight ahead bonham kind of thing than mm. tim's wildly technical stuff like yeah. there's still cool weird stuff on it but um he actually said in the interview that they decided you know what we've had pretty clean good production up to this point let's try sounding um as stripped back as we can and he said that they got hold of like a really cheap 16 track recorder and they recorded it in like unconventional weird ways and they, the reason they called it the Brown Album was because it sounded like a turd. <laughs> like, that's what he said. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you so, go. So it was, like, it was pretty intentional. So that's that's kind of how I, I went about it. I thought to myself, wow, d- was this on purpose? Come to find it was. So well, I was like, yeah. Either either way, it makes for a very frustrating listen. Yes. Um, I, I, I'm not a fan of that that choice. Um, yeah. and then on top of that, this feels like there's, it's just a whole bunch of unfinished songs mm, that don't, yeah. they like, there'll be a cool part and that cool part just repeats and the song doesn't go anywhere. And it just peters out after three to four minutes. Yeah. And that there's a lot, and there's a lot of really cool parts too. Um, but, uh, I just, I feel like that there's a great album in here somewhere, but, um, as Primus albums go, this was the the one that like, like I remembered songs from it, and I'd listen when listening to the thing all the way through. I'm all like, yeah, this is. I really wish this sounded better, and I wish that the yeah. songs were fleshed out a little bit better. But I can I get what they were probably going for. It was stripped back to the point where they didn't overthink the songs, they didn't overthink the production. It, it's it just is what it is. It you know brown album just plops down for everybody to fucking enjoy. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, but at the end of the day, listening to all of their stuff because I I I went and listened to their discography backwards. That's how I decided to ah. do theirs. Um, getting to this album and then knowing their early albums very well, you get here and I'm like, well, this just sounds like a collection of demos now. Like, if yeah. you would have told me this was just some demos, I would have been like, oh, that makes sense because of how it mm. sounds. Um, but I do, I, I like, like, I got to a certain point in the album, probably the last third of the album, where I started thinking to myself, you know what? If I was really high, this would probably be pretty cool. <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. you, start, you start to get to a point, especially listening to it in, ear, in, in headphones, that the, the buzziness of everything, it yeah. starts to, like, fuck with your head. And I'm just like... Okay, if I had some good drugs, maybe this would be a little more effective. But yeah. Um, but yeah, for me it's like it when I in ranking them I'm like, well this this doesn't push their sound forward in any way. The production isn't anything interesting to me. The whole the whole presentation of the album when it comes to Primus is um while I do like a lot of things about it, it's just it doesn't it doesn't have enough going for it for me. Yeah, um, and so I ended up uh, putting it at number nine, the Brown album. 
Cool. So I'm going to chime in further because it's my number eight. Hey. So, uh, yeah, th- this album was recorded in a way to achieve a more raw, stripped back brown sound. <laughs> but uh, it it it's the first to feature Brian Mantio on drums. And me being such a big Tim Alexander guy and liking the production on the earlier records, this album for me... Uh, it wasn't going to go high, I knew right out of the gate, because it's one I, I rarely pick, and I even gave it like a couple more listens than the others, because I thought, maybe I'm being unfair, because a yeah. lot of people a lot of people rate this one quite high, um, but I thought, now nah, let's just fucking let's just go for it, let's go for how I feel so, uh, right out of the gate, you got Return of Southington Willoughby, and is a crazy way to open a record, a five-minute psychedelic speech, which yeah. s- highly supports your idea of maybe if I was blazed, <laughs> this would yeah. be a lot better. But um, yeah. yeah. Then you got Fisticuffs, which has a tasty bass riff. Golden Boy is There's a shitload one. of those on this album. That's the thing. Yeah. And and it's, it's, it's unfortunate because it's like, it sounds like a a collection of really promising demos mm-hmm. that could have been cooler had they had like anti-pop production on it. Cause if a, a lot of these songs, Oh, I wouldn't even go anti. We'll talk about that. I'm later, but that's, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't go with that production either. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I'm just thinking like similar time frame. Were they to, uh, Oh yeah. Cause this time. was, this was right before anti-pop, right? Y- yeah. Okay. Yeah. This was the, this was the last one before that one. Got it. Um, so I'm thinking in like maybe a two year span, if they'd just gone with the same kind of approach as the latter, yeah. it might've been a lot cooler to my ears, but, um, over the falls. Now this is a cool chill track, probably one of their most accessible songs, to be honest. Like it doesn't do anything too wild compared to a lot of their other singles. Um, and then you get shake hands with beef and, that 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 the whole the whole the interplay that's the thing is that like the the thing that's so frustrating about this album is just because the sound because you listen to the performances and the interplay between all three of them yeah sounds great but i just i just wish i just wish it was presented a little bit better but yeah that's the thing it's so funny because this is my favorite song on this album and right after it is my least favorite song on this album with uh, Camelback Cinema. And I am, I'm not a big fan of this track, i got to be honest. It's like a prime example of that whole uh, has one part and sticks with it pretty much the whole way yeah. through and Which doesn't some, really Sometimes that can be an effective songwriting tool if you're trying to make it Especially in the world of like psychedelic music, like the the repetitiveness and stuff, yeah. like sometimes adds like a like an element where with the an atmosphere to it mm. that's really cool. But in this particular case, on this album, it never nothing ever connects in that way that it should. Yeah, I I feel as though the the production isn't good enough for that to translate. I feel yeah. as though I feel as though if you are gonna produce an album this way, it needs to be songs like shakes hands with beef because i feel as though shake hands with beef it actually helps a song like that because it sounds dirty it sounds sleazy it sounds yeah you know it's just 
thumping dirty rock and i think that's why that song works so well but um then you get pudding tain like i'm convinced les claypool is the only man alive who is legally allowed to sing in that bouncy kind of voice like comes the pudding and get away with it um you got bob's party time lounge this it's a wild cartoony fast-paced track duchess and the proverbial mind spread like weird time signature span me the fuck out on that song which is yeah like again it's that thing of if i was off my head i would be like oh whoa, that fucking that's fire but yeah rest in bones i got corn vibes off of uh rest in bones from like the guitar like mm-hmm. like kind of effects on it uh cotting town that chugging metal riff is fun uh, like yeah. um which is inter- it's interesting oh. that, that whenever whenever there is some metal because it doesn't mm. happen a lot in their music when there's when there's a riff or something that sounds metal but it's it's funny just because both of them come from a metal background yeah <laughs> like uh, was it blind illusion was the band that they were in yeah um full, full on like you know kind of a proggy thrash metal um album mm. that they were on um but they but they very quickly just went fuck that but but occasionally you get that little taste of a little yeah. bit of metal usually usually Larry throws it in but you know and i think as well that's that's what makes their quote unquote metal sections even heavier because like you're not expecting it so when yeah. it does turn up it's like oof that that's hard mm. um yeah, you get Kalamazoo. I love the like sneaky little guitar melodies in this one. Uh, the chastising of Renegade, bouncy Primus Funker, uh, Arnie, psychedelic outro trip. Yeah, I get what they were going for on this one with the raw approach, but at times it's interesting, but I prefer a much cleaner production on a Primus record to highlight yeah. all of the insane little details because really there's not any bells and whistles on this album. It's very straight ahead, whereas... Yeah what i like about primus is is all of the weird extra shit going on you know like Mm -hmm. every now and again there'll be like a splash or a bell way over there or like all of a sudden like a like kind of like oh i don't know how to describe it but this one doesn't give me that what the fuck is going on vibe that i get from a lot of the other ones so uh it just kind of it's a bit too vanilla it, it, for me for a Primus album. Yeah, yeah. we got we got to give them some credit for doing something different. I mean, oh, I, yeah, I I, sure. I I respect them for that. Um, but not everyone, you know, not every chance that a band takes is going to connect with everybody. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting because our so far our lists are quite similar. Um, mm. My number eight is the Desaturating Seven. Hey, from twenty seventeen. Uh, once again, very happy that the OG uh, classic Primus lineup is on here. Um, and you've said a lot of the things that I've already uh, I was going to say. It's like the it, le- it leans heavily on the progressive slash psychedelic side of things that they've done because they have tracks on a lot of their albums that I listen. That I go, oh, that's the psychedelic track or the yeah, you know, the proggy one. And um, they just kind of went fully into it. But I like the fact that they didn't they didn't go fully weird with it it's actually pretty classy 
in its yeah. uh, its progginess. Um, it, the interesting thing about this album is that um, I think it, it drags every once in a while, but it, I don't think it's ever necessarily dull because it is an album that, like, for me, it kind of flew right past because it's only, like, what, 35 minutes or something? It's pretty short. Yeah, it's the shortest um, album. And... Um, I was I was pretty impressed because, like I say, with many bands, like I like it when a band does something different, and the fact that they finally did this this sort of concept thing, I don't think it would have worked as well if if every other song was going back into the boop 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 boop. Yeah, you know, I think the way that they did it was was pretty perfect, and and, um, it's got it's got enough it's got enough primus in there to keep it primus, um. But the one thing that, like, you know, I thought about, because this is, this is where I started, you know, my journey before getting ready for these episodes was listening to this album, which I had never heard uh, before this, this first time. I've heard it a couple times now. But um, the first, the thing that, was, that I kept coming into my head was, Primus are the only band that makes any music anywhere near Primus. Yeah. Like, there's no band that's kind of like Primus. there's definitely (laughs) no band that is primus and so like i was like halfway through the album i'm all like yeah like these guys put out anything and we're all better better people for it because (laughs) because when they don't make it when they're when they're you know the times that they were on hiatus or whatever when they're not you know making music like i i feel like there's like there's there's a huge void of primus that needs to be there you know that 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 i i just really like what they do um and so anything new from them is a treat um i don't know how long it's going to take for them to put out another album i've read that like that they've barely started working on anything i mean they're touring right Mm. now doing their um their uh uh that fucking rush album tour. <laughs> I don't know why I can't farewell to Kings. They're doing, they do farewell to Kings. Um, they do like an hour's worth of their music and then they do farewell to Kings. Um, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, but when they do put out another album, even if they did come out with another, you know, Primus in the chocolate factory or Brown album, I would still just be like, I, I love the fact that they're still doing this. And so, um, even though this is not a go-to Primus album for me, the Desaturating Seven, um, I still liked a lot of things about it, and it really like, it really made me ready for the for the journey, like going backwards to their albums, because I was just like, yeah, this is cool. Like I, I, I didn't realize that I missed them so much because you know yeah. up until this point, like I my Primus listening was their first five albums, you know, for the most part. Um, but yeah, I think this is a really, really strong album. Um, but they did a whole lot of stronger albums. When you're dealing with a with a discography like this, it's like, like where <laughs> where do things go? Um, yeah. And so yeah, so I had to put uh, I had to put Desaturating Seven at number eight. So uh, <laughs> so uh, Shaba, no <laughs> Shaba. <laughs> um, it should be, it should be, there should be a point in every episode where I just cut to some sort of conversation we're having about something that's completely unrelated, <laughs> musically speaking. Somehow, somehow everything is related to Primus, even Shaba. But, um, 
yeah, moving on to, to number seven <laughs> in our Primus, our, the, our part one, we got two albums to go. Um, this yeah. feels like it's flying past, but, uh, but yeah, let's, let's, let's get into number seven. Cool. So my number seven is Green Norgahide from 2011. Okay, cool. So this, uh, this marks the return of Jay Lane on drums, who, while not appearing on any prior records, was one of the band's early drummers. And uh, he was the was, guy bef- before was, Tim Alexander. Wasn't he also in Sausage? Did he do Sausage with Les Claypool? I think so. I'm not because I think that sure. I think that I, if I remember right, that's what Sausage was. They they named the band Sausage after the f- first demo, right? That Primus okay. did, and then it was the. So I think he may have been in Sausage, but if there are any big Primus fans listening or watching, shoot me a comment and let me know if he was if he was the drummer in Sausage. I was gonna say I still need to check out Sausage. Yeah, I I haven't heard it in a long time, but I remember when it came out and and thought, thinking it was pretty cool. But you know, cool. So uh, <laughs> the <yeah>. sausage <laughs> ranking will just be one album. So I think that's all. I think that's all they did. Can't beat a good old sausage fest. Am I right, fellas? Ah, hey, ah, cool. So, uh, track by track, here we go. Green Nagahide. Prelude to a crawl is this cool ominous intro. And then you get Hennepin Crawler, which is this crazy psychedelic funk rock track. Uh, Last Salmon Man. Like, oh, damn. Primus is just jumping straight back into what they do best. I, I forgot to mention, this is the first album in 12 years since Antipop. So this was their... They, did, they, unquote, did an e- they did an EP in the middle there somewhere, but... Um, yeah. yeah. Full lengthwise, yeah. It, yeah, that's a, that's, a pretty big, that's a pretty big gap. Yeah, um, and it it does have a lot of really cool stuff on it. Um, yeah. Eternal consumption engine, cartoonishly unsettling. Like, that really one, like that one, it. for some reason, made me think of Mr. Bungle. I was yeah. like, it seems like something Mr. Bungle would have done. For sure, I I got the same kind of vibe. Um, uh, tragedies are coming. I love the guitar parts in this song. Also, it's yeah. super catchy. Yeah, um, eyes of the squirrel. Now, I know at this stage in his career, Les Claypool had long cemented his reputation as one of the greatest bassists of all time. But that bass part in it had me audibly say, yo, what the fuck even happened to that? (laughs) There's so many notes in such a short span of time that I was like, how does a mortal being even come up with that, let alone play it and have it work that well? Like, there's a part in it was like, and then, huh? <laughs> and, and I, you know what? And just to fuck with everybody, uh, if because I've seen several live performances of them throughout the years, and he'll change the way he plays things to where yeah. if you're really if you're really trying to figure it out, you're like, I'm going to go watch it live. And I'm like, that's not, <laughs> it's not the same <laughs> thing that he played on the album. Because um, yeah. they, they really do let their songs evolve uh, sometimes. Um, mm. in the live setting which is pretty interesting it's strange isn't it like it's almost like how a music uh, magician never reveals his secrets like les claypool's just become this fucking wizard that's the that is the thing there's there, there's a few people out there on the internet that are like you know you know the the same kind of bass players and i'll, and yeah. I'll always see them post like i'm doing this riff from this from this primus song and i'm always like it doesn't sound right 
Like, yeah. I, like maybe they're playing the right notes, but you need less Claypool's hands in order to <laughs> in order to yeah. make it work. And so it's like you know, it's almost like that's the hidden, that's the hidden uh, ingredient. Like if you're not less Claypool, it's just not going to sound right. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I, I remember reading something about the Tommy the Cat baseline, and it's considered one of his most complex. And some, well, he does that. That's yeah. one of those riffs where he plays. There's like chords being played. Yeah, in but there like as no well. one's. I I think there's like no clear consensus on like what the whole chords are. So it's like maybe it's this chord, maybe it's this one. Yeah. No one's entirely sure, but like like ah he was the he was the first I mean like when I when I first discovered Primus like that was the first time that I heard a bass guitar part and I could tell that there he was playing more than one string at a time like mm. that. I was just like, that's really interesting. Cause usually basses is just like, do, 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 but he would play chords and other wacky shit. And I, and I just remember being so like, wow, like there's the bass guitar can be a lot more than just like a, a part of the rhythm section, you know? Yeah. So. It, it is wild some of the stuff this dude's come up with like I feel like we're preaching to the choir any anybody watching yeah. this it's like hey newsflash everybody Les Claypool <laughs> is a great bass player <laughs> <laughs> thank you and good night oh man like the, it, it really is one of those things though where it's like you hear something he does and it's like I was never gonna question your ability yeah yeah but what the fuck dude like he's got fuck you talent that's what he's got he's got agreed the one thing that he does that blows me away that doesn't i guess to a lot of people doesn't seem very special but it does to me whenever there's parts where he talks and it's not to a rhythm he's still able to do that live where he's doing like and he's just talking over it i'm just like how does he how does he disconnect like those parts of his brain? Like it's yeah. just insane to me that he just he pulls that shit off. I'm like, that's that to me is impressive. It's almost like it's almost like the bass is a part of him where he's like um it's like an organ. It's pure he's muscle like, memory at that point. Yeah, it's it's like as simple and natural as breathing to this man. Where he's yeah. just like, how's everybody doing today? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, what am I looking at? Um, yeah, uh, Jilly's on Smack is this like kind of spooky one. Mm-hmm. Lee Van Cleef, love this song. This song is classic Primus to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, More on TV kind of reminds me thematically of RV by Faith No More, where there's like kind of that guy in front of the TV, uh, just rotting his brain with, like, trash shows. <laughs> yeah. Um, Green Ranger is this whacked-out short one. Uh, hoeing for the man is an attack on sellouts. Used to be a pimp, now I'm hoeing for the man. Yeah. Hoeing for the man. That's a good it, fucking song. Yeah. Hoeing for the advertising, advertising man. Man. Home for the man. <laughs> That's such a fun way to say it, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Extinction Burst is this percussive wild song. And then you get Salmon Men, which is a reprise kind of thing to close out on. A lot of Primus albums close out with a callback to bring things kind of full circle. Yeah. And um, 
that will become more common as we go up this list. But yeah, sweet. That is my that's my number seven, Green Nogahide. That's, that's not my number seven. Um, my number seven is Anti Pop from 1999. Mm. There she is. Last album with Brain Mantia. Um, so I have to admit, like I really enjoy this album. Yeah. Um, it. It has like the the heavy primus groove kind of shit that I love, but it's almost like they they embraced the funk metal tag that people had given them and said, yeah. "Let's just run with it," uh, and al- almost to the point where some of it is almost new metal ish at times. Yeah, and um, I actually really enjoyed it. Um, the the energy to the album is 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 really good, um, um, and. Um, my my biggest gripe about this one is that this has a problem with the production that I don't think was intentional. I think this is one of those albums that suffers from that loudness war thing that was going on. Yeah. Where some of it is so compressed and 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 brick walled that the dynamics are completely, you know, stripped yeah. out of it and it just clips all the time. And that bothers me. Not that much because it does bring an odd energy to it. Cause I've said things about how much I like, you know, I like the sound of like death magnetic and some of the system of a down albums where it does have that problem, but it almost yeah. adds like another character to the intensity of it. And so for this particular album, it doesn't really take away from it, but I do listen and go, eh, they, man, I, I hate that they, that they used to do that. I mean, they still do it now. I just think they're mm. better at making sure it doesn't clip all the time. Still, still trying to be loud as fuck, which is unnecessary. But whatever, you know. We have volume yeah. controls on our goddamn stereos; we can use them. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I, I, uh, I think that the album is too long. That's a that's a thing that that takes away from it a little bit. And some songs are much stronger than other songs. And, and so I think that if this was pared down to like a forty-five minute album or so, I think it would have been pretty killer so like the adjustments to be made on this album to make it really great or minute are minimal um but it is very enjoyable like i enjoyed every single track there's not a track that i didn't like um and you and you get a studio version of the heckler which was originally on suck on this but i do prefer the suck on this version of the heckler Uh, that's probably because i've heard that one like hundreds of times and this one i heard (laughs) a couple but you know it's nice. It's cool that they go back and they they do studio versions of these. The well, I guess at this point they've recorded every song from "Suck on This" on something. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a re- it's an energetic and aggressive. I guess probably the most aggressive album they've ever done. Um, and I can't yeah. you know I can't I can't let it pass me up that that Fred Durst produced one of the tracks. Mm. Um, and James Hetfield and Jim Martin play on another track. That's fucking cool as shit. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, um, it's like the, I almost feel like it's, it's, it's really good, but there's a sophistication that's missing. Like Primus is a band that just saying that they're weird is selling them short and kind of saying that you don't really get it. Yeah. Because there's a sophistication to what they do. And I think that that's kind of missing a little bit on Annie Pop, uh, where it's I, I enjoy the energy. I enjoy that they did something where they just went full into rocking. Yeah. But uh, 
I do miss a little bit of the the left turns and the the sonic choices where you kind of go, I wasn't expecting this song to go this way or whatever, you know. Um, and and any pop doesn't really have that. Yeah, it's it. Funnily enough, it, for for an album called Anti Pop, it's probably the poppiest of their original yeah. run. Yeah, and but you know maybe they yeah. were referring to pop music in 1999 was in sync. Yeah, and shit like that. So maybe that's what they're what they're referring to. I I don't know. That is that is the one thing is that I've never. Um, there are big fans out there that I know probably really read into Les Claypool's lyrics. And sometimes it's very clear what he's talking about. And other times I almost feel like I don't want to dig that deep into the songs because I yeah. like I like just being along for the ride. Mm. Because Primus is like a, a, a thing about Primus that I've equal parts loved and hated at the same time is that Primus has always come across to me as those a, a group of people that you go and hang out with and they have all these inside jokes yeah, and nobody, yeah. <laughs> nobody will explain to you what the inside jokes mean. So you're yeah. just there going like, they keep laughing at stuff. They keep saying random things and laughing and I yeah. don't know what this is. So there's a part of me that goes, ah, oh, fuck those guys. But then at the same time I go, that is something that's really cool about them is that they're... Yeah, it's almost like they're just having a fun time with each other, and they don't care that you're there. Yeah, <laughs> they, you know, there, it's almost like it's almost how like how movie franchises and and series and stuff have like lore where it's like all these backstories and characters and shit. You okay with yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. I, dro- <laughs> I dropped the cap to my water. Yeah, <laughs> and um, and I'm not, uh, I'm not, I'm so weird. Like here's here is. Here is why, this is an example of, why, of mentally how annoying I am. I can't just <laughs> open a water, put the cap somewhere, and then just drink the water and set it down. Every yeah. time I take a drink, i got to screw the cap right back on and put it back I'm, over here. Like, I'm too I, clumsy. I, I am such, a, 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 I'm so obsessed with putting things back yeah. that sometimes it's annoying. Because I'm all like, I just want to be that kind of person they can just like leave something and walk yep. away from it. And I can't. <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> anyway, so Antipop. Antipop's, it's a fun album, but um, like I've already said before in this ranking, they've done so much really cool shit that something like this where it's fun and, and it has its cool moments, but overall I'm just like, eh, um, there's, a, there's something missing from it that I, that I love with Primus that's just not here. So it's at number seven, Antipop. Cool. I can bounce right off of you because my number six is anti-pop. Sweet. So uh, let's let's go for it. So intro, you get a short little spooky old-timey radio song type thing, which mm-hmm. leads into Electric Uncle Sam. Electric Uncle Sam! I, I fucking love this bouncy hell ride of a song. Natural yeah. Joe throws us a weird groovy one. Lacquerhead is an underrated song. I have no idea why it wasn't on They Can't All Be Zingers, the greatest hit CD, because this is one of those times where I actually bought the greatest hits album first, because I, nine times out of ten, I will be like, what's their best album, and I'll go from there. But because when I first got into Primus, you're talking like 
late 2015 when I started college, like a, mm-hmm. a bunch of friends of mine got me really into Primus, but I was like, I was still very straight ahead heavy metal. So I was kind of like, I just want to know the big songs. So yeah. um, I started checking them out. And then roughly about nine months later, the summer of that year, I just started thinking, God, there's a lot of songs not on this greatest hits that are also really good. And I kind of went from there. And, but, but the fact Lacquerhead is, wasn't on there blew me away because it's a single and it was yeah. a great fucking song. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. Maybe, maybe they didn't, they, I don't, I don't know what all's on that compilation, but maybe they just ran out of room and that was one that had to get cut. Well, it's funny because Coattails of a Dead Man is on there, but Lacquerhead oh. isn't. Yeah, so it's strange. Well, isn't that the one with what's his name on it? Um, uh, Tom Waits. Ah, yeah. And true. so maybe maybe they maybe that's like a special song to those dudes because I know that Les Claypool, probably the whole band, are big Tom Waits fans. I mean, yeah. he's been on he's been on their albums twice now, so you know. Yeah. Maybe even more. I don't know. Maybe there's another appearance by him that I don't know. Yeah, he, it's really cool that he's on Tommy the Cat, like doing that voice it's so fun i went many i went many years wondering who the fuck that was because that you know you would hear that song and all of a sudden the voice changes and i'm sure i read it on the aligner notes when i had it you know when it came out but i but i didn't i mean i was i was like an early teenager i know who the fuck tom waits was (laughs) so you know it it didn't wasn't late till later on i went that sounds like tom waits and i was like oh that is look at that i remember as it were a meal ago Said Tommy the Cat reeled back whatever form matter may have nestled away into his mighty throat. Many a fatty rat minister device will staring point blank to the cavernous barrel of this awesome prowling machine. Truly a wonder of nature, the servant predator. Tommy the Cat had a very... Ah, uh, fucked up. Had many a story what? to tell. To that tell. was a rare occasion. Such as this. Such as that, this. He that he did. It's so fun to... I can't stop once I start. It's, it's so it's, funny that we that we've now busted into a Tommy the Cat, and that's we're not even going to talk about that album on this episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. there you go, something to look forward to for next time. Every single part of that song is masterful and catchy as shit. I'll leave yeah. that there. We'll get we'll get to that one later. Back it to anti pop. Back to anti pop with the title track, which has a really fun sing along chorus. It, I am yeah. anti-pop. I'll run against the grain till the day I drop. Um, and this album, like you said, it's it's pretty damn heavy in the guitar department this time around. Um, yeah. Eclectic electric, cool vocal parts on this one, quite like a sprawling trip of a track. Uh, Greet the Sacred Cow, a very metal riff-centric song on a very metal riff-centric album. Mama Didn't Raise No Fool, this album surprisingly accessible and catchy for the album called antipop is the note yeah. i've got here um dirty drowning man up tempo intense fast one ballad of bodacious is a bouncy fun kind of track power mad i do not wear panties i've never worn panties <laughs> but if called upon panties i will wear <laughs> it almost sounded like phil anselmo yeah Philip H. Anselmo, <laughs> heroin needle in my goddamn dick. <laughs> That's so uh, great. Uh, it, it, 
It's so fucking fun to be Philip H.N. So, Mom, in every fucking band, I'm in fucking down, super joint ritual, pan fucking terror. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) I love doing the Phil voice. You forgot forgot to say white power. (laughs) (laughs) The impression does not mean I endorse certain views. Speaking right. of which, F- that, fair that, enough, Phil. Y- yeah, Kyle Rittenhouse is innocent. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> Woo! Edgy All right. humor. Well, uh, I gotta go, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh man, that's 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 fascinating that that, that that's a story that that. That I guess I guess it is important enough to make it overseas as well. Yeah, it's it it's one of those that's like so fucked fundamentally. I think don't it's, uh, I'm just yeah. Well, we won't get yeah. into that. I try to I try to steer clear of, of, of uh, yeah. politics and things like that. If anyone really wants to know my uh, my opinion, then just uh, email me at uh, oldheadpodcast at gmail and I will happily be very <laughs> candid with you on how I feel about things like that. But here <laughs> we're talking about music. Yeah, but we I did, are. But I, we I, are. I, I, pre- I appreciated the reference because that was very, uh, that was almost too perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, 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 there's, there's a thin line between, between humor and the, the fucked reality we live in. So, uh, without further well, ado, well put. Good thing cool. Primus is here for us. Hell yeah! So we get the final voyage of the Liquid Sky, which is totally out there structurally. Like, there, there are so many left turns in that one. Um, and then you get Coattails of a Dead Man, which is this like drunken barroom sing-along type feel. And as you said, it's got Tom Waits on it. It's yeah. a really cool song. Um, but yeah, I did think maybe Antipop was going to be in my top five, but it got edged out. So um, yeah. So what is your number six? So um, I honestly, if I had sw- if I had kept things switched the way that I initially ordered them, then um, we would we wouldn't be locking on for this entire episode, but I ended up switching things around. So literally, we have all the same albums in our uh, our bottom half. My number six is Green Nagahide from uh, 2011, nice. and um, honestly, from this point down, I I think all of these albums are pretty much perfect. Like I yeah, there's really no gripes that I have about any of these. Um, Green Nagahide, um, like you've already said, um, Jay Lane on drums. Um, I like the fact that this album has, it's a little bit of an old school Primus vibe, but it's, it's almost like oddly laid back for Primus. Hmm. Yeah. Like they, it's weird. It's almost like the indie rock Primus or something like something about it feels feels um a little more sort of like they're just in the groove a little bit and not it's not it's not so uh you know hyped up on caffeine i guess <laughs> you know um but um this one has like a really great little sort of uh give and take with the the funky odd primus that we know and a little bit of like a psychedelic kind of thing here and there um, and occasionally there are a couple little parts that to me 
harken back to old Primus songs. And I don't yeah. know if this was intentional or not. Like if they would, there was just kind of like a, a, a little nod to old things that they did, but it doesn't take away from any of the songs. Like it was, it's pretty, it's pretty enjoyable. Um, but yeah, maybe it is just like an embracing the past kind of thing. Um, it, now that now the one thing that like they do on several albums that is pretty noticeable here is I always I found I find it very odd that they will have a guitar panned on one side and the bass guitar panned on another side. Yeah. Usually, traditionally, shit, I'm, usually we just we just <laughs> knock the microphone. Um, <laughs> usually, the bass guitar is is literally right in the middle. Yeah. You know the you know the with the kick drum. Mm-hmm. And then the guitar is usually, you know, you know, sometimes there's just one guitar. Sometimes there's a, there's multiple that are panned, but, um, but on, on some of their stuff and on this album, they panned each one almost like it's a lot. You're seeing them live. The guitars yeah. over here, bass is over here, drums in the middle. And, um, it works for this album. Like the whole vibe of this album is pretty cool. And, um, it's a very enjoyable album. Like I don't really have, like I said, I don't have any gripes about this album. Um, a few, a few of the tracks, if I had to nitpick, maybe they're a little longer than they should be, but none of them are overly long where I go, Oh, they, they need to edit this down. That's really the only gripe I could think of to sort of, you know, put it, you know, when I, when I was trying to order it, I put it at number six and I was all like, well, yeah, I guess in a lot of ways, this isn't really anything new Primus wise. So maybe, so that ended up putting it at number six. And when it comes to songs kind of going on a little bit, like you can't argue when Primus get locked into a groove and there's a yeah. whole lot of that in this album, but it's well produced. You're not getting Brown album where they're locked into a groove and it's like, you're kind of like, what? <laughs> there's bees everywhere. Something like that, you know, <laughs> but green yeah. Naga hides very well done. Um, and I ended up putting it at number six just because of those things. Like it's, um, I feel like, and we'll get into this next episode. I feel like their original, their classic run of albums with the classic lineup of the group, it really, if you go from beginning, from, from suck on this to, 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 uh, to frizzle fry on all, all the way to tales from the punch bowl, you do feel like you're, there's a journey that they, you go on with them, with them, sort of expanding their sound and and um focusing on other elements and leaving other elements behind and it's like it's 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 really fascinating to listen to and then you get to you know green nagai which was 2011 so it's many years later you hear almost all of those elements all on one album so if that aspect of yeah. it makes me like it but then it makes me also go well you kind of heard something like this already before so i ended up putting it at uh, at number six which um which wraps up the first half of our primus ranking which it's uh we really are it's like we're going to be talking about the same albums on each on each episode so clearly it's clearly we are both big fans of the original run of albums with the the with the original trio um but i like all of these albums like i yeah that's the thing even even with my gripes about Brown album and the chocolate factory, like, yeah, I, I, you can't look at their discography and point at an album and go that this is where they sucked. Nah. Although, you know, that for, for all the fans out there, Primus sucks. Primus sucks um, people. 
because that's uh, that's what that's that's how that's how you really show your affection for them. Um, tell them yeah. they suck. I mean, that's the very first. I think that's the very first thing you hear on "Suck on This" is 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 uh, yeah. Les Claypool goes, "We're Primus and we suck." And yeah. Then, uh, <laughs> Everybody <laughs> say, "Larry, you're a bastard." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, that's uh, that's uh, that. I like this because it almost feels like we we discussed the latter part of their career this episode, and we will discuss the former part of their career in the next one. Cool. So um. Uh, hopefully everybody enjoyed this. Like I've enjoyed it. It's, this is a, yeah. it's a, this is a fun band to talk about and just the whole vibe of it. I had a lot of fun listening to these albums and, um, it's actually made me really fascinated with them to the point where like I went out and ordered, like there was a book written about them, um, by the same guy who ended up putting together the King's X book. And I really liked the style that that book was in because it's not, an author writing a biography about a band. It's an author putting together interviews in a way to where the band and people surrounding the band tell the story of the band. Um, And I haven't, I haven't started reading it yet, but I'm going to, because I'm like, that's fucking fascinating. So um, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to learning a lot more about them because they, they're one of the most interesting bands that's ever existed to me. So, um, yeah. So you have any, any parting words before we wrap this episode up? I would say like in terms of uniqueness, like just jumping off of what you were saying there, like them being super interesting, like these guys and Faith No More are are bands to me that, that sound like no one else. You yeah. know, that, that there are these there's this legion of alternative metal bands for, quote unquote from this era that yeah no one before or since has successfully replicated their core sound and why they just work so well. Yeah. It's also a testament to how great the musical climate was in the late eighties and the early nineties. Even, even if you want to point your finger at hair bands or whatever it is that you want to say, well, this was, you know, the, the big, the big major label machine pumping out stuff, but I'm all like, some of this that was some of it, but other parts like bands, really unique bands, got the opportunity to come onto yeah. the scene in a big way. And Primus is a band that if they came out today, like there's no way they'd be signed to a major label. There's no way, yeah, they would have top ten albums because they did <laughs> in the '90s. Um, and so that's just it. That just shows like that we when we I mean we talk about that a lot, how great like that era of music is because there's anything that any kind of shit that you wanted. If you Mm. wanted stuff that was way more polished and straightforward rock music, you had it. If you wanted the oddballs that didn't really fit in and was music that like you never heard before, you had that. Um, do, Do you want the most aggressive shit that you ever heard in your entire life? Like when the death metal scene was first happening, you had that too. Yeah, Like it was just, uh, it's uh, it, I I re- I really miss it. The more we get further away from it, and the more we do these episodes and talk about bands and and mm. I pay attention to modern music, the more I just go, man, I I don't mean to be one of those dudes, but there's a there's a lot of shit that's just missing from the vibe of music these days. And I'm not just talking about popular music. I'm talking about even in rock music and metal. Like it's just yeah. There's a there's I- a there the the the, the the desire to be unique seems to be gone for the most part. 
that's the thing like cool unique stuff still comes out but it's it's yeah i find fewer and far between and harder to find amongst so so i think i think there's probably the same amount of crazy good stuff it's just it's just how it's promoted and how tiring it can be sometimes to wade through a bunch of stuff that you know sounds so similar to find like one diamond in the rough you know yeah and it, it it's kind of difficult for me you know being as young as i am and being so far removed from that era i mean christ the, the only 90s primus album i'm older than is antipop like the yeah. rest you know i was i was barely even a sperm <laughs> so yeah but yeah. It, well, we'll, it, we'll get into the, all those too. Yeah, thankfully they'll always be here. You know, as, as long hell, as hell yeah, as long as we're not hit by a, a nuclear holocaust or something like that. I, I, yeah, I've I've heard that I've heard that that, that North Korea is going to end the world. So I mean, we should enjoy everything while you can, folks. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first, um, guys. All right, so uh, yeah. So that that's that's uh, it for this. Hide your episode. kids. Hide your wife. We <laughs> <laughs> um, we like we we started it with some kind of meme and ended it with some kind of meme. Also, <laughs> um, yeah, that's it for this episode of Cranked and Ranked. Thank you very much for joining us, Peanut Butter Platypus, to all of you out there that are here to the end. Um, and then next week we will wrap up Primus with the top five albums from Primus and. Um, it's, I mean, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. So, uh, so yeah, so we'll, we'll see you all then. And as usual, I'm going to throw it over to Mr. Eddie Sparks to take us out. Later, dude. Later, dude. Later, dude. Later, dude. Later, dude. The best I heard it from. Somebody brings the minute on <laughs> if you had just gone on doing that one part for an hour i would have let it go um, <laughs> we, do you know what we need to do you need what? to edit that and upload a totally separate video called eddie sparks late later dude here come the bastards 10 hour loop <laughs> <laughs> all right that'll be forthcoming everybody I vote I'm the representative on this one. All right. All right, bye. Bye. Later, dude.